On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, why it's important for the 76ers to stick to games one and two, game plan. It worked then, no need to change now. Even though you're going on the road, we'll discuss that next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you're locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, as always, Keith Pompey, TheInquirer.com. Keith, what's happening, man? Game three tonight, big one. Yeah, it's going to be a huge one, bro. It's going to be a huge one. going to be a huge one. The series now shifts to Toronto on the road. Before we get into that, thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember... Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here, YouTube on Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, the game plan for the Sixers worked in games one and two with their physicality, their rebounding, their defense overall, and sharing the basketball, protecting the basketball. All of those things worked in the favor of the 76ers in the two games at home at the center. I think it's important that they stick to that and not change anything and still make the Toronto Raptors conform to what they are doing. If it's broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and, and more so than, I mean, of course they're going to stick to this game. I think they got to more so than anything, you know, they got to know that Toronto's going to come out after them and, and attack them hard. And, and I think it's, they're going to have to bring that physicality that they brought again, like, well, the, the last game, it was more like Toronto brought it and then they like countered. But I think that they they have to know that they're going into a war, so to speak. And I hate using that term when we talk about sports, but it's going to be a hostile environment and the crowd's going to be getting on them and, and they got to like silence them. They have to. So more so than just sticking to the plan, I think they got to stick to the mental thing too, the mental aspect as as, as far as like – just getting gritty, getting down, getting dirty. You know what I mean? Stuff, uh, uh, you know, do. don't cross the lines, but just you got to get you got to get with it. Yeah, it's the playoffs. And and at, with the playoffs, these things happen. And it happened in game number one a little bit. And certainly in game number two early on, we saw some of that physical play, laying guys out a little bit on the floor, guys getting double technicals. You're going to need some of, some of that. So to, to your point, uh, not only when you talk about physical toughness, it's also the physical toughness that is the mental aspect of the game that you, you're pointing to because you are going on a road. You have to – now, you're not just going against the Raptors players and the coaching. You're going against the sold-out crowd that's going to be inside Scotiabank Arena and those folks outside of that Jurassic Park thing that they have going on out there cheering on their team as well. So they have to make sure that they come in, do what they need to do, and, and not change much. And, Keith, one of the things with that – why I think it's important for them to stick to the game plan is they have been able to be a plus in the fast break opportunities uh, against the Toronto Raptors. I believe it was 29 to 10 and 17, seven in, in the two games, just off the top of my head, I could be wrong. Uh, but uh, with those, that's part of what Toronto likes to do. 
So if the Raptors want to get out in the open floor, they can and score as well in the half-court set. You, your defense has to be fantastic, again, on the road, transition defense, not allowing them to get some good looks and get some easy points on, on the fast break, picking up per- cheap fouls because, right, you don't have enough people back. It's just a lazy defensive slap because you're trying to slow things down. They need to be locked in the attention to detail on the road tonight in Toronto. Stick to the game plan. Do what you've been doing at home. That All, all of that can travel on the road, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and, and the thing about it is, me personally, I think if the Sixers win, this, this series is over. If they win, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they close it out on in the sweep, but I but I do believe if, if they win tonight now, I'm, they can sweep them now yeah. if they do win. But what I'm saying is I can see them, you know, uh, coming out and closing it out in, in, in game five. I, I really do. If they win tonight, uh, I believe that this series is over. I and do. Look, look, it's really hard for Toronto's already down to nothing. It's hard to win four of the next six against the same team. You, you know what I mean? For for them to take, I mean, the Raptors to take four of the next six games, especially with two more of them potentially being in Philadelphia after already having played two games in Philadelphia. So that's not going to be an easy thing to, to do for the Toronto Raptors. If Sixers do their job and handle their business tonight, they will be in a good position to your point to uh, put a commanding 3-0 lead. That's not an easy thing to overcome. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's going to be interesting, man. It really is. It's going to be interesting. Um, You know, it, and, and the thing is that thing that I really like about this stuff is just how, um, you know, they keep going back and forth like that. You know, that's interesting. Here's my thing. I, I think Toronto's tired, but I think if they stick to their to their game plan, like you said, if, if they come and they bring that physicality and they're locked in and focused, they're going to break Toronto's will. I mean, right now you look at it, it says Scotty Barnes is um, doubtful. I don't expect him to play. They, they You know, they have they, they, they have Gary Trent Jr. questionable. It, that's one of those things where he's going to have to get all these fluids and depending on how he, play, he feels because he looked he looked horrible the, the first two games. So so my thing is if Scotty's not there, he has the walking boot on. You got Gary Trent, and then you have Fred Lee and all those guys trying to do whatever they can. Man, I'm telling you, it's like one, two, three, Cancun in the fourth quarter at the fourth quarter timeout. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's going to do. You know what I mean? So that's what I that's what I think is is going to be. But you know what? We're going to talk about some other things when we get back to the other side of this. Yeah. But right now. You know, I want to talk to you guys about Shady Rays. Shady Rays. Now, Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 glasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Man, I needed those things back in the day, boy. <laughs> Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 mils are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively in our listeners' heads, to ShadyRays.com. 
and use Locked On to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's Locked On for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Do it today, people. Do it today. Do it today. Sunny outside, and uh, you're feeling pretty cool, especially if you're a Sixer fan and they pick up this third win uh, tonight. Keith, before we get into our, our next conversation, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Everyone loves free. Everyone loves free. Go ahead. Take advantage of it. Check it out right now uh, where you get your podcast. Keith, this is the first time we'll have an opportunity to see the Sixers without Matisse Thybulle heading into game number three of the series. It's a big blow because you lose one of your rotational players. He was a starter before uh, not being eligible for the road games. I think he would have started had he been able to play against the Raptors in all of these games, including traveling to Toronto. Now someone else has to step up. Danny Green has played well, despite his 0 for 5 from deep in game one. He knocked down some threes on Monday night in game two. Thought he's played well overall and defensively. He's, he's you know, team defender. He's had some really good individual matchups as well. Now it's time for someone else coming off the bench where Doc Rivers might have to go to an extra body to fill those Matisse Thibel minutes. How do you look at this one? Who needs to step up in the absence now of Matisse Thibel who won't be in Toronto? He'll be back here doing the show with me on the radio. <laughs> the person I say that who needs to step up is, is going to be Shake Milton. I mean, when you look at Shake Milton, the first game that they played, game one, he had 10 points, right? He was three for four. He made his long three-point attempt. He made three foul shots, right? But when we talk about Matisse, the stats that really stick out to us is steals and blocks, right? So he had one steal in that game, and he was a plus two for that game, right? The second game, game two, two nights ago, right? He he finishes with three points. He was one for three shooting, one for two on threes, right? He um he didn't have any steals, he didn't have any assists, but he had a block, but he was a minus nine. So the thing is, and I looked at it, it was times when he was out there hustling. He was trying to give his all on defense, but he's just not a quality defender at, the, at this point. You know, and I think that what's going to happen is he's going to really have to play hard. I mean, he is. I mean, and, and this isn't a knock against other guys, but they're going to attack George Niang. So what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to, like, while he's out there with George or whomever in one of those lineups, he's going to have to really solidify that thing. And that's my opinion. Now, another guy you may you may agree with this one or not is Isaiah Joe. But if you do, I'll let you talk about him. If not, I'll get back to him. Well, I, it was more of in game two, Matisse Iwell only played 10 minutes and 28 seconds. In the game, in game one, I believe he had, what, what did he have, about 18? Was it something about like Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Danny Green didn't shoot the ball very well, so he had – more minutes. Jake Milton played 13 minutes and 38 seconds in game two. And Isaiah Joe and Furkan Korkmaz, those guys, Paul Millsap, they did not get into the game. So 
My thing is, where does the 10 minutes go? Does that mean that Shake Milton's numbers go up to about 20? George Niang only played nine minutes because defensively he had some issues and he got into foul trouble. So that limited his time. Plus, Danny Green was making the shots. So where does the 10 minutes go? Does it go to Niang where he's closer to that 19 threshold? Or does it mix into Shake Milton's who's probably closer to 15, 17? And does he go to Isaiah Joe or even Furkan Korkmaz? Because he has playoff experience, just to see if he can get a two-minute stretch out of him where it doesn't hurt the team and he has the experience. I don't know what Doc Rivers does here because it's a tough one, even with Milton, asking him to play, let's say, an extra five minutes. Is that a positive? Asking for Isaiah Joe to give you five minutes at all, who has never played playoff basketball in a meaningful spot like this, are, are, are they capable of doing this, Joe and even Korkmaz? You know, I mean, the thing is, it's weird. I mean, we're talking about if you need somebody who's going to be a reliable defender, you know, Isaiah Joe is a is a is a better defender, I think, than Korkmaz. Now, he is. Korkmaz He's could go out there and he can he can do things, um, you know. But I, I think when we talk about locking down somebody, I mean, neither one of them are what you call exactly lockdown players. But at the same time, when I look at it, you know, Isaiah Joe last game, of course, he didn't play. Um, you know, it, it's weird. Like, shake is going to have to be shake, man. Or, or here's something else. Here's something else. What about Paul Reed? If I thought the same thing. You know, you could put Paul Reed on someone. But can he? But can he play minutes with Embiid? They, we haven't seen that all season long. And I agree with you because of his frame, his length. He fits the mold of defensively being out there with uh, Siakam and Boucher, those players where he sh- he can potentially be out there. But we haven't seen a lot of Embiid read minutes to, to know where to gauge that. Maybe that's something they worked on in practice. And when we are allowed in there, they're not on the same team. We don't see everything's broken up anyway at that point. I, I don't know, Keith. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But when we ask that question, why? why someone needs to step up it is why someone needs to step up i don't necessarily have the answer though i can't wait to see where doc rivers goes and finally keith uh on our next segment uh we didn't have an answer for that doc is gonna have to give us that answer we need to now see if joel Embiid and company have an answer for that toronto raptors crowd we'll talk about why that's so important in game number three next up right here on locked on 76ers but folks i have to tell you now about one of my favorite things to talk about here on the podcast, and that is Built Bar. Uh, the fantastic Built Bar It's my substitute for the candy bar or the pastries as well. It's helping me as far as the calories on 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's compared to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of net carbs. So this has been really good. The puffs have been fantastic. They're protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. Here are some of the flavors that you can check out. Uh, you have coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, yummy, cinnamony, churro, mint brownie, coconut almond, coconut, and the flavor of the month would be white chocolate, cookies and cream. They're all delicious, all new flavors coming out all the time. If they think of a flavor, they make it good and worry about all the other stuff later. Check it out. They're all about the taste. They're delicious first. Then they make it healthy. 
and make sure you're all good to go when you're making sure you eat this after you run, after you break at work, whatever it is, go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Keith, you've been there. I've never been to Scotiabank Arena. It's one of the places I've wanted to go to. And in a playoff scenario here, you were there in 19 when the playoffs were ongoing. Some really, really good crowds. They won the championship that season. Raptor fans have really started to dislike Joel Embiid and the 76ers because of everything going on with the foul calls and the discrepancy that's there. And Nick Nurse certainly making a play for uh, the game to be called differently. Why is it so important that these guys just have to make sure that they lock in and handle that tough environment that they're going to be in for games three and four? I mean, first of all, it, the thing is, when you go back to the to the playoffs, when it was a 2019, when when um, Kawhi hit the four bouncer, and then Joel leaves the court and he's crying. And you remember before that, all that happened, there's a back and forth between Joel and people in the crowd and Drake was there the whole nine. So whenever like the Sixers go back to Toronto, you always hear the booze with Joel. Okay. So they're going to, and, and those people, I like them, but boo, they could get on you. I mean, like Canadians are nice, but they can get on you. They get a little intense. They're I mean, passionate, huh? Well, they're passionate, but you know they don't want to hear this one. But you remember when uh when uh Kevin Durant like messed up towards Achilles? They were, were cheering. We're cheering. I remember. They were cheering. So yeah. like they're they're into it, man. They're, they're they're into it. And then you know, right now it's going to be they got to get locked in because you know Nick Nurse is a legend up there. Like he's that guy. And Joel said, hey, stop bitching to their guy. And now he's going to go up in there and they're going to be like, hey, you know, they're just going to give it to him. And it's just going to be loud. They're going to boo the Sixers. It's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be just like how it is in Philadelphia. You know how we go, um, we come, people come to Philadelphia and the Sixers have their home court advantage. It's rough. It's going to be the, it's going to be the same way, man. Now, it's going to be the same way. Now there's not gonna be anybody outside showing uh selling like t-shirts of Joel or anything like that or or burning his jersey, but yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. No, man, I, I can't wait to be able to get to one of those playoff uh when the Sixers are playing them in the postseason. But it, it is gonna be important, Keith. It's gonna be important again for them to uh kind of block out that noise as, as best as they can and make sure that they once, as we talked about at the very top of, of this conversation here on the podcast, that they stick to the game plan, stick to the attention to detail that they need to do, follow the game plan, don't buy into any of that stuff, don't be going back and forth with Drake and his people that will be sitting there. Again, look, those people, those, that crowd is going to, they're going to jeer, like you just said, they're going to get on Embiid and they're going to boo him, they're going to chant all kinds of things maybe, and try to get under his skin. He cannot let that affect where his mindset is and what the ultimate goal is at the end of game number three, which is to get a W. And then, of course, we'll worry about game number four. But uh, really important for them to go on the road. And Danny Green has, has mentioned this himself, and you talked about it. Playoffs don't start until you win on someone's home floor. If the Sixers are able to win in that tough environment that is the Scotiabank Arena with those great fans, up there uh, in the north, then 
you have a stranglehold on this series. You have the commanding 3-0 lead, and their backs will certainly be against the wall. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, here's the one thing I will say about MB. You remember last year when they went up 2-0, and he said, I love getting booed. And he went down to D.C., and they were booing him, and he just started giving them the business. Now, game four is when he messed his knee up. But I, I think that Embiid is going to enjoy this. He's going to embrace it. You know, I, I do. I, I do. I mean, and I feel a little upset that I didn't ask him after because they didn't practice yesterday. They just had a travel day. But I feel a little disappointed that I didn't ask him after uh, Monday's game. Like, hey, uh, do you like getting booed, man? Do you? Do, I mean, like, are you expecting to get booed in Toronto? And if so, how that? Uh, how does it make you feel? Because I know he he really digs into that stuff, so it's going to be interesting. But you know, some of these other guys, you're going to see how like how are you going to step up? I mean, for a guy, you know, a young guy like Isaiah Joe, yeah, playing in that atmosphere, this is going to be the if he gets in, this is going to be the biggest atmosphere he played in. You know, Maxi, you know, Maxi played in Atlanta last year. You know, that was it was loud, but it's not going to be like how this is. Where they just hate, like they, nah, I'm not gonna say hate, but they they're looking forward to you to 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 go down. Like Atlanta, yeah, they dislike the Sixers, but they were more excited about the, about Hawks the Hawks ride. Right. Yeah, yeah. About, yeah, about the Hawks ride. So this is more of like disdain for your Atlantic Division foe, you know. So we'll see how that one works out. No, nah, no question, man. It's gonna be a great one tonight. I look forward to seeing how it all plays out. I think the Sixers are in a good spot. Obviously, they're in a good spot with the 2-0 lead. But as far as their mindset, I think they're in a good place mentally and believing that they can go up there and take game number three. We'll see as game time nears if Scotty Barnes is going to be able to go, Gary Trent Jr. as well. I'd imagine Thaddeus Young, who played in game number two, will also be able to give them some minutes. Keith, you got to get ready to, uh, get ready over to go over to the arena. So, Go ahead and do your thing, man. I appreciate you as always. Folks, thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. And tomorrow we will recap the game and talk about the results, possibly a Sixers win, taking a commanding 3-0 lead in this best of seven first round matchup. Now, make your second listen, Locked On NBA, where Locked On experts are covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, as always, it's fun, man. Talk to you. Talk to you, but I want to remind the people one thing. Yes, sir. Two things. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast at. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On 76ers youtube channel and thank you and enjoy tonight's game and like d said we'll be back tomorrow peace